This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Earlier this week, we did a story on the baseball uniforms and the see-through pants. We have more video now since they're playing games. And it's video we can't even show you in good conscience. That's how see-through these pants are. What is that? Also, the headline coming out of Indiana, huge win over Iowa last night. Des Moines Register, blueprint for beating Caitlin Clark? What? And in Dallas last night, Tim, your account, your people. Does he say I host a podcast about sports as his explanation? Look at the walk-off from Durant. Let's go around the horn. Not all podcasts. Wow. Harry hosts a podcast about sports. Yeah, we all got a we'll get to that in a second. Last night, Thunder smoking the Clippers, 129-107. Nuggets, a near-perfect game from Jokic and making the Wizards see ghosts. Mavs over the Suns, they're almost perfect in February. And Golden State over Lakers in an old LeBron game. That's how the second half starts in the West. Harry Lyles Jr., around the horn to you. Biggest result in the first game back. Tony, I, I got to acknowledge that that Kyrie-Luka duo is looking, I think, the way that a lot of us thought it could look uh, when that duo first happened. But the thing that stuck out to me, even though LeBron was not playing last night, was the Golden State Warriors. They're now 9-2 and two in their last 11 games, and it seems like this team has finally figured out the formula that they've been picking around with all season. Brandon Pajemski... And starting in place of Klay Thompson has been a huge, huge lift for this team. They've been one of the best offensive teams, seventh defensively. Draymond Green is averaging 10-7 and 7 since he has come back. John Kamin is coming into his own. And even Andrew Wiggins has woken up. Mm-hmm. Courtney Cronin, most significant result from last night. It's the Golden State Warriors. That second unit, whether it's Trace Jackson Davis and his 17 points that he scored on his 24th birthday. Shout out to an Indiana alum there. And the way that Steve Kerr's been able to manage that. I'm curious what's going to happen when CP3 comes into the mix, but they're in a good spot right now. They have Jonathan Kaminga ascending. They have Draymond Green back in the fold and playing at a high level. And they're plus 1.5 scoring margin against the second hardest schedule in the NBA up until this point. Mm. Shows you that they're better than what their record tells us it is. And I think the key to this over the next 29 games, win those fourth quarters. Jim Kalashaw, most significant result from last night. Well, I know you're expecting me to talk about the Mavericks' seventh win in a row and how Luka mm-hmm. and Kyrie are finally getting yeah. it together. And, I'll, and I just did. But Oklahoma City's <laughs> win over the Clippers mm-hmm. was clearly the most impressive. They won by 20 against the number three seed in the West, the Clippers team that's been way better than I expected. But Oklahoma City continues to do it with defense, with tremendous depth at guard, uh, with the still terminally underrated Shea Gilgis-Alexander piling up all kinds of numbers, and, uh, and they've still got that stockpile of first-round picks to, to spend the next Bob Lo Torre, last night's most significant result in the Western Conference. The Thunder are super impressive at Tim's point. Top four offense, top four defense, might be the number one seed. All of that is true. But are we just going to, like, stop talking about how Nikola Jokic has, like, triple doubles where he shoots 100% from the yeah, field? No, 
I get it. It's against the Wizards. Yeah, well, there you go. Rule that's that's part of a hundred million dollar disaster over the next three years. All of that's true, Tony. I get it. But I just feel like I got to say a triple-double, 100% from the field. It's the field goal percentage part. It's just like those guys still probably going to win a championship uh, or two before, you know. Fourth time he's done that, triple-double with the 100% field goal percentage. Okay, we've been horned. Now we dig into the exchange in Dallas last night. The B word allegedly said and heard by Kevin Durant. You see him stop and go right to two Mavs fans, kind of alone in that area. And then they want DAP, and, and there's so many cameras around now and so many cameras covering this, more cameras covering than a moon landing. So we see how it played out in the exchange. It really ends with, I host a podcast about sports, is that possible? Durant's face as he hears it walking off. Timmy, what was this? <laughs> Embarrassing. Uh, I love the fact that sitting there with a handout. Hey, we got your attention by calling you a terrible word. Here, give me some. Give me five. Um, and the fact that he hosts a podcast that makes him one of nine hundred thousand in this country. Uh, so I, I don't know how that distinguishes him. I thought Durant handled it very well. Didn't go crazy. Didn't ask for them to be removed. Uh, and talked about it. You know, we, we've gotten on Durant for being a little rabbit-eared with the crowd and with people on. X and everything else over the years. Uh, but in this case, I thought he, he handled it perfect. Pablo, as uh, a panelist here who, who does some podcast work, please. You, how do you plead oh. here? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just not a great look for our, <laughs> Community? Uh, our occupation today, Tom. <laughs> for, our, for our people, no. Um, it did feel entirely like what your Twitter mentions actually look like, right? That's what it was. It was a Twitter <laughs> interaction in real life. It looked sad. It made all of us sad, I think, to see it actually in, in the flesh. Um, and my real only point here is that as somebody who likes, I, I like it when the crowd boos. I like it when they're agitated. I like having an atmosphere. These are the people, when you just use words like that, so carelessly ruin it for everybody allegedly, else. Allegedly, yes, yes. I don't want NBA players, allegedly, to feel this way because of alleged words. I don't want them to feel like booing ends up being a thing that's hostile. And so just be normal. Can we just be normal? Is that a lot to ask for at this point? Barry Lyles Jr. I just love how Kevin Durant handled this because, it, as Pablo just mentioned, this is what a lot of our Twitter mentions look like, and y'all are real tough until we reply to you, and then it's like, oh, sorry, but I, I'm a huge fan of your work, even though I just said some terrible things about you. And so to sit there and then acknowledge this person, make you be like, hey, is this something, like, this is something that you really just did and you really just said, and now, as Tim said, you got your hand out there and, and you're trying to be my buddy, like... This is absolutely ridiculous. So for him to acknowledge it, make them then sit there and watch the game and sit in what you just did, which was look, and I don't do a lot of name calling on TV, but you look like an idiot when you do that. I thought it was a great way to handle it. And Courtney Cronin. This is the real-life definition of mess around and find out. Just because you spent a lot of money to sit close to the court does not give you license to say whatever you please to an athlete. And I know there are going to be some who say that KD is soft or he's thin-skinned or he makes so much money that he should be able to ignore these points. No. People need to be held accountable for their words, whether it's an interaction like this or whether it's something that happens on social media. I, for one, like to pick my spots. I think that you are well within your right to correct people when they say something offensive or flat out wrong. And Kevin Durant getting the last laugh in this moment by walking away when this guy tries to tell him, oh, by the way, I host a sports podcast, probably in that moment trying to see if Katie will come on as a guest after insulting him moments before. <laughs> you can't, can't knock that, that hustle for guest booking. 
All right, I think you're <laughs> unanimous on this. We'll move on. One more story here, NFL. Punter Matt Arise is signing with Kansas City. Do you have any thoughts on his return to the league after his very public release in Buffalo when he was named in a rape lawsuit? Prosecutors did not file criminal charges against Ariza, with court documents indicating he had, they had evidence he left the party an hour before an alleged assault. The woman later dropped Ariza from her civil suit in December, with Ariza dropping his countersuit for defamation. So, Courtney Cronin, do you have any thoughts on the league's highest profile team making this move? Let's talk about the football aspect first. So Tommy Townsend, the Chiefs' former All-Pro punter, is set to be a free agent. They probably can't afford to pay him. They're already paying Harrison Butker, their kicker, nearly $5 million a year. So financially, what they're paying Matt Ariza, which is a minimum deal with, with no injury guarantees, more or less, it's a low-risk move for the Kansas City Chiefs, and it gives Ariza the chance now to restart his career from where it left off when he was released by the Bills Two years ago, we've seen this throughout the NFL where players have been accused of crimes previously and the legal process has either played out or it hasn't played out. And those players have gotten opportunities to restart their career. The Chiefs have done very clearly their research here, and I believe that they feel that they are entitled, I don't know if that's the right word, but to make a move like this given the, how they let the legal process play out to this point. Tim Kalisha? I think the Chiefs are like 31 other teams. They wrestle with these decisions all the time. Uh, at times, Kansas City has taken players who have some sort of red flag. On the other hand, they got rid of Kareem Hunt very quickly uh, when that became a situation, and Cleveland picked him up. Uh, and and that, was a, that was a move that could have cost them you know, a good player at that time. What I don't understand right now, even, even though Courtney made the point that they're going to need a punter, is there are a lot of ways to find punters, and you've just won three of the last Super Bowl, five Super Bowls, and you're sort of riding as high as any sports franchise in America can ride, why you, why you even want to be involved with uh, even a minimal, uh, a minimal kind of controversy. Pablo Torre, uh, in your reporting and your coverage along other platforms, you have looked at this story quite a bit, the specifics of this case, but also now that Ariza is now signed by Kansas City. Yeah, he's a useful player, Tony. He's the only college punter I've spent more than a minute thinking about. That's Matt Ariza. Now, the complexity of this trying to map it onto, I'm um, trying to map a complicated interpersonal tragedy, really, just how this all played out onto NFL transactions is an insane task. So I won't try it. Read Diana Moskovitz, a defector. She's outlined step by step how this proceeding has resolved and gone away. And because it's resolved and gone away and there are no charges, no lawsuits, no case here, I can say pretty confidently that he should have the chance to go take this job with the Chiefs. Point blank. Now, how you feel about this, go read the reporting and make that judgment. But the transaction, unsurprising and reasonable given the larger framework here. Harry Lyles Jr., yeah, Tony, I think in these cases, we always see we, that players have baggage. And Matt Ariza is a player that has baggage. And how you feel about that baggage is obviously going to determine how you feel about whether or not the Chiefs or anybody else should take a chance on him or give him an opportunity. But as we see in all of these situations, albeit the, the baggage, if you will, is different, 
teams are going to take a chance on you if they feel like what you can provide for them is greater than what that baggage is and if they feel like that they can deal with that. And in the case of Matt Ariza, this is a player that we have referred to as the punt god, and he is very skilled at what he does and could potentially be the best punter in the NFL next season in week one. And so because of that, the Chiefs obviously made the determination that having him on their roster is worth the risk of that baggage and how people feel about it. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Take a break right here. Buy or sell is next around the horn. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from above the Heineken River Deck. See-through pants. We can't even show you how see-through. The new Nike Fanatics uniforms are scandalous. This is story number four of this this week. Universal concern is the pad. Player Union Tony Clark said. Per SF Chronicle, Susan Slusser, multiple league sources swear the pants are exactly the same as last year. Studio lighting is the issue. Timmy, what you buy, what you sell? Well, studio lighting's got the best of me many times, Tony, oh, but I'm not really sure in this case that that's all... That's all we're talking about here. All the players seem to believe, or many of them, that these are different pants. They have a different look to them. And it might be something with, with I don't know, everybody playing spring training games today, they might want to resolve fairly soon. Cody Croden. So I asked myself when I read this story, like, did they actually test these out before giving them to players? And the answer is yes. Nike, which partnered with Fanatics, tested nearly 300 baseball players' bodies, and this is still the result. And it's not just the quality that's an issue, it's the quantity. I know not every team at spring training has 70 guys on the roster, like the Chicago White Sox, but there are teams right now that don't have enough uniforms, and there's a shortage of these crappy uniforms at that, too. Oh, such small points. 
proportions as well. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> Harry Lyles, we have photos here. We can't even show you. Is this, how big an issue is this? We're, we're doing this in Major League Baseball. Like, what are, what are we doing? And, and honestly, I didn't even notice this until we showed those Guardians players. The hemming on the sleeve wasn't even the same. Like, 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 where is the, just even the consistency. Like, if it's going to be bad, at least be consistently bad. Like, they're not even that. Like, this whole thing is absolutely wild. This is one of the greatest stories you've had in recent yeah, memory, Tony. Like, it's a real, the emperor has terrible clothes <laughs> scenario, which is just rare, right? Like, will you call out Nike and Fanatics for making something that everybody knows looks horrible? And I think if it's not changed, what that really indicates is that people don't care enough about baseball. Like, if this happened in the NFL, imagine what we'd be doing, Tony. We'd be doing 24-hour telethons about trying to fix know. these yeah. uniforms. People say baseball's boring. I mean, you wanted this, you got it. There was a yeah. moment, though, when players said the balls are different. I'm talking about the baseballs, not what we were just talking yeah. about. Yeah. And they were right, right? The ball, Baseball had they to were. actually say, you know what? We said it, but it is actually the case. The players know. They know the. They know it's different. We'll move on. Buy or sell, too. Spring training beginning. And here's a baseball story about baseball. The reigning Cy Young winner is still unsigned. Courtney, what do you buy? What do you sell with Blake Snell unsigned? And, and where might he land? I'm buying that the Boris Four, as we refer to Scott Boris's four clients that remained unsigned, four very high-profile clients, might be waiting a little bit longer. Let's take the New York Yankees, for example, a team that's been linked to Blake Snell. Their projected luxury tax with their payroll is supposed to be about $300 million right now. Even if Blake Snell were to sign there for $15 million, that would make the Yankees roster for 2024 cost over $400 million in total. I think the same goes for Jordan Montgomery, for Cody Bellinger. Teams just aren't willing with the way that their rosters are constructed to go and give these players these massive deals, no questions asked. Not willing to pay the reigning Cy Young winner, Harry Lyles. How does it strike you? Tony, this one is pretty simple for me. As Cordy mentioned, the, a lot of the big names that are not signed are all Scott Boris clients, and we only know the names of sports agents in sports that get their guys paid. We are at the point of the season where if you are going to spend a lot of money, you've probably already done it by this point. So until a team becomes needy in the season, they might be waiting a while. Pablo, is this Boris Morass to you? Yeah, I just like the Yankees to pay up at this point. Like, I don't think the Yankees are in a position, Tony, to suddenly be penny pinchers, even if the pennies amount to $400 million. You can get him. He's available. He's a Cy Young winner. Let's not overthink this, guy. Seems kind of like a layup. Nobody spends other people's money like Pablo Torre. He's a two-time Cy Young winner. He's just the reigning this year. Tim Kalashaw, how about you? Probably the best Cy Young winner of a starting pitcher never to have finished an eighth inning also. Maybe that's what teams are thinking about. Uh, mm. But in this case, mm. it, I don't know if, if Boris is waiting for injuries. We're getting a little late in the game. Ranger fans want to know when Jordan Montgomery is going to sign. They don't win a World Series without him. Buy or sell three. Indiana, Indiana 86, Iowa 69. What a game. What an environment. Hoosiers big win. Mackenzie Holmes, historic night in the whiteout for Indiana. But it's the Des Moines Register headline that I want to start with. Blueprint to beat Iowa. <laughs> Exposed. Caitlin Clark was 3 of 16 from 3 and 8 of 26 for the game, whilst nearly triple-doubling 24-10-9 in Iowa's, what, fourth loss of the season? Harry Byersell, the blueprint. Exposed. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to sell that. I mean, I think I could have told you, you got to keep a hand in Caitlin Clark's face and make everybody else beat you. And this is a very good Indiana team. Uh, so, yeah, no, I don't know about this. Look, this Iowa team is not nearly as good as they were last year. Obviously, they're still going to compete, especially as long as Caitlin Clark's on your team. But not having Monica Zano and McKenna Warnock as your second and third options, it's made it a little bit more tough for them this year, and we've seen that across stretches. And this is an Indiana team that came to this wanting revenge. Caitlin Clark buried them this time last year when they were number two team in the country in 26-1, and one, and they made good on that Pablo last night. Torre. Yeah, a tremendous, a tremendously played game by Indiana, like a super effective execution of a game plan, but the game plan itself is not exactly useful to other people. It's this thing, Tony, we talked about with this Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, uh, the blueprint's out, two high safeties. Everyone's gonna start doing it. Do you have the people to execute? Maybe Indiana on one night does. I will take Caitlin Clark pretty much every other did evening. Kalisha, did you see a blueprint last night? I'm, I'm selling the idea that near the end of year four, uh, the leading score in women's history, somebody plays a box and one, and people go, the blueprint, play a box and one, cover her, and zone everybody else. Courtney Nobody Cronin, ever thought I know that. you're a Hoosier proud, and you love that team, and there's a lot to love last night. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Put some respect on this huh? team's Great name win. right here. Oh. They out physicaled Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Mackenzie Holmes in the paint. She was the answer last night. And when you're face guarding Caitlin Clark in the half court and taking away their best option, it's going to make things harder for other contributors. And to Harry's point, they don't have the depth that they did either. Anna Stolke has emerged. And then there's been some growing pains as she gets her game around her. And that's what Iowa's going to be looking at for uh, for the tournament run ahead. Courtney Cronin, Harry Lauzunia, thanks for your time today. Kalashaw Torek, showdown next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Showdown one from the NBA last night. Better assist. Here's Jokic behind the back <clears throat> against the Wizards. Or Curry, no luck. Tim Kalisha, both are incredible, but which is the most incredible? Yes. Tough call, but I'm going with Jokic. He did it in traffic in a half-court setting. Now it's Wizards traffic. I know that comes with an asterisk, but uh, still, the big man pulled it off. Has Tim learned nothing from our A block? I've, I've been told on this show there's an exchange rate of Wizards. And so half a warrior is worth like a half dozen Wizards to me. So give me Steph, Very good argument. You learned works. from previous failures. Precedent. But you're wrong in the argument anyway, because it is absolutely Jokic in stride. Ooh. In stride is what gives Kalashow the point. Showdown to refs on microphones. Here's Kevin Scott with details of the Grayson Allen foul. 
illegal contact is too much to ignore. <laughs> too much to ignore. And then in hockey, the Garrett rank with the honest explanation to home Blues fans. They're not going to like it, but the call on the ice was correct. No goal. Pablo, whose honesty do you like most of all? As the father of a four-year-old daughter, that hockey ref knows what he's doing. <laughs> you got you to let him, let him down gently. You're not going to like this, but bedtime is still answer. at 6.30 p.m., Violet. great answer. How about you, Tim? You have some work to want, do. Yeah, I don't want quite so much editorializing from my officials. Give me the smooth southern sounds of Kevin Scott. Too much to ignore. <laughs> uh, if you listen to his full answer, straight out of In the Heat of the Night. Mm. No editorializing. Tori, FaceTime. None. Mm. Mm. I've spent the last couple of segments of the show thinking of a new Shark Tank idea, so Sharks, here's my idea. You know how in Major League Baseball you're not allowed to wear ads of your own devising, your own marketing on top of your jersey? Well, what if I told you, Sharks, that uniforms are so terrible now you can see right through them? Which means that I, host of Pablo Torre, finds out, would like to offer all baseball players an opportunity to wear my logo underneath your pants. Oh, come on. Come There's on. A small fee. A small you fee. See, I already invest in a similar business, so for that reason, I'm out.